I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. That I might have been given a bad break, but I've got an awful lot to live for. Hey guys, welcome back to the IBC podcast. This is David Burns from Baseball Jobs Overseas. It's been some time since the last podcast episode. Had a lot going on with the redesign of the website, but now I want to start spitting these out more often, more frequently. Uh, we're going to keep them a little shorter, and we're going to dive into some different topics uh, about baseball overseas and softball overseas. And quite often, I'll jump on a podcast episode with Jimmy Jensen, who is the baseball scouting director uh, for baseball jobs overseas. And we're just going to shoot some things back and forth about various topics just to get more information out to you guys. Uh, so, no. No better way than to kick off this new energy towards the podcast than having Jimmy on himself. Uh, we had him on before. He told us about his uh, baseball background that led to overseas. Uh, he, he spoke about his first season overseas, but he's done a lot since then. So uh, let's get right into it with Jimmy Jensen for episode number 73. Jimmy, welcome back to the podcast, my friend. This has been a while since we spoke last time on the podcast, that is. Of course, we're in contact on a daily basis, but uh, yeah, thanks for coming back again. Yeah, it's been a while. Thanks for having me back. First off, I'm loving the mustache. <laughs> I've seen a lot of <laughs> lot of guys sporting the mustache these days on the ball field. Yeah, uh, you know, I kind of got talked into it from some of my teammates, and I don't know why I haven't gotten rid of it yet, but it's still here. I'm rocking it. it actually looks pretty good. Kind of suits you. Thanks, thanks. I mean, now you need to go out and get the the sunglasses with the, the you know the uh, the string attached. You know, a lot of guys are going with that look. Yeah, it's it's not my look at all, but it you know it has a little mystique to it. Um, okay, so we're just gonna free free flow here, but let's let's have a quick review. The last the last podcast interview, um, you basically summarized you know your your background and then how it led overseas and long story short you kind of went from cut from your high school baseball team to a good college career um, ending with Menlo and uh, you put up some good numbers there you had a successful career Um, post-college you went to the Pecos League wasn't the best experience for you, but you, you had some success there as well. And then you kind of decided that's, that's, you know, the end of your career or not necessarily the end of your career, but you went from the Pecos and then you just decided to, you know, work at home, play in a local men's league, uh, until, you know, hearing about overseas opportunities. So maybe you could just, um, elaborate on that a little bit or quickly summarize that. If, if did I miss anything there? No, you pretty much got it. I mean, I was cut from my high school team, uh, went through college, battled some injuries, worked into a starting spot, had a good year my junior year where I kind of had my breakout season. And then in my senior year, I ended up winning an All-American. I was hoping to get drafted. Some of my teammates did. But then I ended up getting an offer to play independent ball in the Pagos League, which was, I mean, it was a good experience. I definitely enjoyed it there, but... I mean, we were getting paid 50 bucks a week, and we were playing in stadiums that weren't that great. The organization of the whole league wasn't what I wanted. So I figured after that I would play for fun with some of my friends in a men's league and start a career and, like, start real life. 
but then one of my friends told me about baseball jobs overseas and got me in touch with you and I made a profile on the website and then you reached out to me and the rest is history now now I've been playing overseas for four years and I'm enjoying every second of it yeah, yeah, and we left off basically just after your first season in Austria on the previous podcast, that is, and uh, and then yeah, since there, like you said, you've 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 been pretty much playing year round, except for this past winter, you decided to take the winter off, but you've been pretty much playing year round. Um, so that, that there's a lot to catch up, and I don't think there's enough time. But let's let's kind of let's go let's just summarize. Like, where did you go after Austria? That was 2015 summer. You were in Austria. Then, yeah. then obviously you went uh, and played winter ball in Australia. So I'll let you take it from there and just kind of summarize where you've played. All right. So I guess going pretty briefly, um, after Austria, I went and played with the MacArthur Orioles in Sydney, Australia, which was absolutely amazing. I miss it there every single day. And, uh, I mean, I loved the team. I loved the situation. I mean, we lived right by the beach. I had a great host family, or host dad, Vince, and I mean, it, overall, it was an amazing setup. I definitely wanted to go back there, but my goal was to kind of keep traveling and go to a different team, go to a different part of the world. I'm going to stop you so, right there for a second. Um, your goal was to keep traveling and keep seeing other parts of the world. So from the get-go, was this always your goal, or, or was it always to like, okay, let's see if I can get back into pro ball, which is obviously a, a, what a lot of guys are always wanting uh, is always their end goal. So was what was your frame of mind back then? I mean, to be honest, I wasn't expecting to play overseas after that first season. I just kind of got the opportunity to play in Austria, and then I ended up living with you, working with you, and realized that I could continue playing in another part of the world. And I just kind of, I wasn't expecting it to happen, but it just kind of fell into place. And one opportunity by doing well in Austria led to an opportunity in Sydney, and then I got an opportunity to go play in Paris, and then I did well there, and then I got an opportunity to play in Melbourne, and then it's just gone on and on, and I guess it just kind of, a little bit, I don't know, I didn't plan for any of it to happen, but now, like, the way it's all worked out, I couldn't ask for it, like, in any better situation. Every league I've gone to, I've gone, I've gone a little bit higher, a little bit higher, and it's but had better opportunities, and now I'm playing in Canada, and I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I kind of like how you touched base on how how you performed in Austria led to the next opportunity, right? Going from right, really, I don't get a lot of clubs coming to me, or I know you don't get a lot of clubs coming to you as a as a, a baseball jobs overseas. Um, um, recruitment officer, I, I know that they don't come to you looking for guys that play in the Pecos League. So what happened is you went to Austria and you put up some crazy numbers, maybe even the best numbers of all time as a pitcher in Austria. Uh, also hit well, um, created a reputation for yourself um, through all those new numbers and MVP num- uh, you know awards and whatnot uh, into the profile, and then that led to your Australian. Um, offer and then you know had a similar season there did you know at a higher level um you know and then the the ball just you know kept rolling from there you just kept finding success wherever you went well i think what was important for me is that i mean i kept an open mind i mean from the get-go i i mean i've always had dreams of playing like in the mlb like getting drafted and playing affiliated ball and working my way up that way but 
since I've been playing overseas, I've seen that happen so many times where guys want to play affiliated ball and they don't want to go overseas because they don't think it's all that competitive. Whereas, I mean, from the experience I've had playing with a few guys like Max McNabb and Ryan Bollinger who have gone overseas, like kind of restarted their baseball career after getting drafted and released or playing indie ball and getting released. And then they play overseas, put up some really good numbers, and then they go ahead and get signed back with an affiliated club. And then Bollinger this year, last year I played against him in Germany, and this year he got signed by the Yankees out of Germany after he wanted to go play in Australia, but he got signed out for his numbers in Germany. And then he gets called up to the major league team to go play for the Yankees, and he's still with them right now. I think he got sent back down, but I mean, he still has some crazy numbers and he's doing really well. And he went from playing in Germany last year to playing double A, triple A, and then major league ball this year. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of guys do attribute it to it to kind of like hitting a refresh button or like, you know, it's, it's when you go overseas, it's kind of a way to kind of step back and, and look at the big picture. To your roots a bit. Yeah. It's just, like when you're playing, when you're young and you're playing the game, like you play for fun, you really enjoy it. But once you get into that grind of like indie ball, or like especially in like the Pecos League or college ball, where it's every day you're just grinding, grinding, grinding. Yeah. And then you go and play overseas, where you're playing with guys who have families and jobs, and they're just playing for the fun of it. I mean, you kind of take a step back and realize why you play the game, and yeah. it, it's. Definitely refreshing. Yeah, for sure. And I, I want to kind of go back a little bit. I, I said something about how clubs aren't banging down the door for guys in the Pecos League. That's that's no that's no diss to the guys in the Pecos League. No, uh, it, it's, it's more. But we we all know, like you know, there, there's a lot of politics in, in baseball, and a lot of clubs are looking for certain backgrounds. And if you don't have that affiliated or the you know the big Indy Four um, background, then uh, you know usually you're looking at a start like in Austria, for example, and or even second divisions in Germany or wherever, depending on your background. And that's the beauty of playing overseas or of overseas baseball, I should say, is that it presents opportunities for guys from a variety of different backgrounds. So if you're really, you know, going through that grind or you, you haven't even gotten to that, that place where, you know, you've signed a pro professional contract, uh, overseas has presented uh, an opportunity for guys to get a, a lot of playing time, build their confidence, see some of the world, and really develop or continue to develop their game and work on their games. So, um, and I know since you've been on board working with me that you've seen a lot of guys take that path. And, you know, guys like Lewis Cohen never played pro ball, went overseas. Um, I was pitching in, in the Atlantic League. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, that, that's the beauty of it. And I, I feel like, um, you know, overseas kind of has a, um, a bad rep as far as being a dead end or all oh, the levels lower or whatever. So maybe we can talk a little bit about, okay, the levels lower. That's true. Like if you, if you've played at this level to go overseas, you're not moving up because they want you to come overseas and dominate. So typically that means you're going to play at that level or lower in order for you yeah. to be that dominant player that they're envisioning you to be in their, within their league. I mean, to be honest, 
ever since you made the website, I feel like overseas ball has become a lot more competitive, and it's growing every single year because more teams are able to get these high-caliber players to come over and make the competition better in each of these leagues. So it is a little bit lower, but it's... I mean, it's a good way to build your resume, build your experience. And if you go and play for a team that's lower than the level that you're used to and you put up some really good numbers and it helps your resume and then you can add that on your profile and then that leads to more opportunities to go to the next level and the next level. And I feel like a lot of guys are reluctant to go overseas originally just because they feel that they're better than that when they should be... I don't know. I, if you go overseas with the right attitude, which I feel like most of our members have done, and they absolutely love every second of it because they're getting paid to travel across the world to go play baseball. You get to travel. You get everything covered. You don't have any expenses. You make a little bit of that, a little bit of money. It's not that much. I mean, depending on what level you're at, and then you can just enjoy life, play baseball, travel, and whether you do it for a season or whether you're like me, I don't know when I'm going to end. I just want to keep playing for as long as I can. Yeah. I mean, there's opportunities for everyone. Yeah, and there's there's no, uh, I mean, sure, the, there's not as many games in the season depending on the league you go to or whatever, but you can be guaranteed you're going to play every single inning of that season. Um, maybe, yeah. maybe even, you know, um, as a two-way guy like yourself, you're going to be pitching nine innings one game and then playing shortstop or something the other game. Uh, you know, it varies from from player to player and import to import. But um, obviously, playing overseas, there's a lot of like it's not as much of a grind, right? So, how do you keep yourself um, performing at the level that you want to and improving, um, knowing that you know most of the time is downtime, like that you're not at practice or there aren't. Um, you know, there isn't somebody telling you to run X amount of poles or whatever the case is. Uh, you yeah. have a lot of downtime, so there's a certain amount of self-discipline that comes with that in order to continue to, you know, climb those ranks and, and um, you know, better yourself as a player. Yeah, well, for one, I feel like an important thing is just having that self-discipline and getting yourself to the gym, even though you can choose to be lazy and sit around playing video games all day. I like to get out, I like to explore, I like to go work out. I mean, there's always going to be a teammate who wants to throw or hit or do whatever. And you find, I mean, like I'm living with Pete daily. And like, if we don't have practice a certain day, we'll go out to the park and we'll, we'll throw a bit. We'll make sure that we're working on everything that we need to be and staying hungry. Yeah. Yeah. And as a pitcher, you know, playing year round, um, you know, I feel like to, to keep yourself at the top of your game, it's 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 not easy too because there's going to be you know they, they, there's a lot of expectations with that as far as innings. Um, you know, they want you to throw often eight nine innings per start, and then when you're pitching in the winter too. So, how do you manage that? Like, if you're playing year round, because I know you you played a good what three years year round. Um, yeah. Back to back seasons. So, um, how do you stay injury free first of all, and then of course, um, performing at your best? I mean, I think it has to do a lot with your mentality and just being a competitor and wanting, I mean, like, 
for a lot of guys who like maybe have played affiliated ball didn't get that much like get that many innings maybe like they got called out for five innings to be asked to pitch nine innings seems like a lot but if you go overseas and your coach asks that of you I, I don't know I haven't thought twice about it because I want the ball every time and yeah. to make sure that I'm healthy for that I mean I'm, I've always been pretty diligent with my arm care programs I mean I've done some driveline stuff and just to make sure that my arm's healthy, I do my bands, I make sure I go to the gym, I make sure, I mean, I've even done a little bit of yoga just to make sure that like, my back and everything's healthy, I'm yeah. nice and loose, I'm not tight, Yeah, and it helps a lot. Also, you know, when you start off to overseas, um, you know, pitch counts in a complete game aren't quite what they would be elsewhere. <laughs> so, you know, you can, you can throw a nine-inning game, keeping your pitch count at a reasonable level. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's like... Why I've been able to do that is because, I mean, I, I don't know, I just throw a contact and trust my defense. And then, I mean, I can throw a nine-inning game and under 100 pitches, and that's, yeah. that's great. But I think they're also very reasonable overseas, especially the the higher the level you go, where they don't expect pitchers, just so that everything's clear here, that they don't expect you to throw a complete game every start. You know, you'll get no, I mean, they're not going to hurt your arm. They'll be every, I mean... They'll communicate with you. If I were to ever tell my coach, hey, my arm's a little sore, I don't know, like, the, yeah. they, they won't question it. Like, yeah. They're not out there to try to injure you. Yeah, exactly. Okay, good. Um, so, how many offers have you had in four years? I kept a list on my phone for a while. Um, I mean, I've had offers from, I think that first season I had offers from Austria with you, obviously, and a few others. Uh, Italy, uh, Germany, France, Switzerland, and then uh, after that season and I did well, then it just kind of grew from there. I mean, I've gotten offers from, obviously, Australia. I've got teams from Argentina, South Africa, um, Canada, France, Belgium, Sweden, the Netherlands, uh, Czech. Yeah. I think I've, overall I've probably had about, like, 200 offers or something. I I, I'm just ballparking. I have no idea. Yeah. Like, and what about pro leagues, years? like pro opportunities, you know? Um, like, um, in pro, like, this, basically, the, most of those are amateur leagues with where they bring in a couple right. professional players, so we can call it semi pro. What about pure professional leagues, professional offers? Professional leagues? Uh, let's say probably, I don't know, maybe like 10. So Italy, Italy being one, back in the states. Italy, Italy being one, Netherlands. A couple, a couple of indie teams back home. Yeah. Um. There was a team in Japan. Yeah. Once in the BC League. But you had already committed uh, at that point, right? And ABL, but when I was playing in Sydney, because I don't know, one of my goals has always been to play in the ABL. But my first season when I was in Sydney, it was in my contract that I couldn't play in the ABL since my team. Paid for my flights, paid for my housing, gave me everything, and I was completely okay with that because I had the best situation in the world. Yeah, and yeah, out there, but yeah, uh, I'd say yeah, about ten overall to answer your question. Yeah. Hey there, just a short break to thank our sponsor, Three and Two Sports. Three and Two has been supplying the International Stars tournament baseball team that attends the Prague Baseball Week tournament every year four-time champions in the past five years but just saying and we love the jerseys we get the crew neck because they're super light and uh, they're great for the summertime 
But if you want something more traditional, like a button-up, they have those obviously as well. All their jerseys are sublimated. And the beauty of it, any club that uses baseball jobs overseas to find their next imports qualifies for a discount. So go ahead and email me at dburns at baseballjobsoverseas.com. I'll introduce you to the guys at 3-2. and two. They'll hook you up. You'll be set for the summer. So give me a shout. Back to the podcast. I'm assuming from, I, I believe from the last interview, you said you kind of went over thinking, oh, maybe it's maybe it's one season. Who knows? You didn't really have any pure, you know, true goals until the opportunity started coming in. But um, how has it changed your life? Like what, what has happened outside of baseball that has really, you know, made you grow as a person i know it sounds cliche and everything but uh you know how how is overseas and playing overseas changed jimmy jensen well i mean for one you gain a whole new perspective when you go to travel to different countries and to meet different people from different cultures especially living in a country where you don't speak the language at all and i don't know you learn a lot about yourself as a person you learn a lot about where you're from even though you're not there, you're in, you're in another part of the world. And I don't know, it's really eye-opening, and it's taught me a lot. And especially since I've gotten the opportunity to work with you on the website and help other players get this opportunity, I don't know, I feel like I've only grown as a person. Like, after every season, I mean, my entire life revolves around playing baseball, traveling the world, and helping others get that opportunity. Yeah. So I'd say overall, it's been a pretty good experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I'm trying to pull it out of you a little bit, but there's been some kind of life-changing, you know, obviously one of them was signing on, working with me as well. Um, Yeah. You know, which, you know, I'll say from my perspective, like when, you know, I was looking, you came along at the right time, but it wasn't just the fact that you were just there at the right place at the right time when I needed that extra help, um, it was also because I saw your work ethic on the field and off the field. And, um, we just saw eye to eye on everything pretty much. So it was an easy, it was a no brainer. Um, but you know, I think your approach to playing overseas, um, your humble approach to it, um, and your work ethic was the right attitude for coming overseas and the right attitude that I was looking for as, as somebody to bring on board as like a, a full time, um, you know, basically co rat man or whatever you want to call it. Um, but, uh, yeah, you've also, you know, had some great experiences. You've seen Australia, um, much of France, Germany, now Eastern part of Canada, um, which I want to talk a little bit about the, the ball in Canada too, because I think there's enough episodes out there about Australian ball and French and German ball. But, um, yeah. but you've also, you know, you, you met Melanie as well which was, yeah, uh, you know, fair. something that you, you know, weren't expecting as well. And I was there when you met her, which was pretty cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> at a pub, at a pub in Salzburg. In that two- was, yeah, that, that was definitely a life-changing event too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I met her and that was definitely another big turning point in my life. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, we've been together ever since. She's came and visited me out in... Australia. She lived with me in Australia for two months. She came out and visited me in France. Uh, and then I played for a team in her hometown in Germany last summer. Yeah. And then this past winter, I spent some time with her. Uh, now that I'm in Canada right now, I obviously I'm not with her right now, but uh, she's busy getting her PhD out in Salzburg. So after this season, I'm planning to go live out there with her 
And I'm looking, I mean, we actually just uh, looked at, or she just looked at an apartment, and I think we're going to move out there in September, October. So then you and I can Snowboard. get some work done and actually have some meetings and like work together for once rather than on opposite sides of the world, which will be good. Yeah, yeah. I like how your train of thought is work together, mine is snowboard. But <laughs> but we yes. but we'll that's be doing gonna a lot. Be, that's going to be a big part of it too. We'll be doing a lot of both, but um, we've made it work pretty well so far. And now Canada is starting to become one of our, you know, our our bigger go to markets for for our guys, um, including yourself. So how many how many uh, guys are in the New Brunswick league right now with you? So the way that the league worked, uh, the first and second place team last year they were allowed one import, and then the third and, and then underneath that they were allowed two imports. Oh, wow. so right now we have. A uh, total of six imports throughout the league that are all from the website. In f- on five uh, teams. <laughs> five teams. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's four teams now because yeah. PEI dropped out this year. Yeah. They couldn't afford to have a team. I, was, I wasn't aware of that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, even though it's small, even though the New Brunswick League only has four teams, I've found that it's extremely competitive. We have four teams that, I mean, we're about halfway through the season now. And... I think we have the top three teams within a game of each other. Yeah. And then the fourth place team, they just brought back Shane Kramer to uh, help bring them back up into the playoffs. Yeah. But Frederick But yeah. I found that it's really competitive here, and it's it's good competition. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, everyone has gone. Yeah, exactly. I keep hearing the same. Good fan support, like because I know that's a you know a big thing for a lot of guys is they want to go somewhere where there's actually like a baseball community where you know people come out and support the team and everything because you know some of these leagues, especially in Europe, you know baseball's pretty low on the on the you know on the popularity list. So uh, it's brought, I mean, it's, it's definitely it's definitely higher than some of the leagues in in Europe or some of the teams in Europe, like. I mean, it depends, like Moncton, they have a really nice stadium, they draw a lot of fans, but I mean, even here where we don't have that nice of a stadium, and I mean, we get some fans, but it's not, it's not a ton, yeah. but like, we still get, we're, I mean, me and Pete, we were interviewed on the Canadian radio, uh, I mean, they talk about, it, like, we're in the newspaper almost every week, Yeah. and I mean, there's definitely more of a following, because baseball, it, I mean, it's been around a lot longer here than, yeah. say, Austria. While we're on this topic, um, what do you think for the guy, the import or the the guy that's inquired? He's not hasn't signed up yet, and he's considering playing overseas. What a, you know, a lot of them will say, well, what kind of exposure can I get there? Because uh, there's a lot of MLB dreamers still. Like you know, a lot of guys are still you know that's their end goal, and they're on that they're in that grind. Maybe they were recently released, but they haven't given up on that dream quite yet. So the appeal of traveling the world and seeing different cultures it isn't really high on their priority list. Their priority list is more playing competitive baseball and getting that opportunity to get back into pro ball. So well, I mean, I think the way to get back, I mean, yeah. guys like Ryan Bollinger, that's kind of, he's kind of a standout. That doesn't happen too often. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but for a guy like Lewis Cohen, who out of college, he played D1. He did really well, but he wasn't getting any offers from indie teams. He wasn't getting any offers from MLB teams, yeah. but he goes overseas, puts up really good numbers, and now he's playing. I think I think I said the Atlantic League before. It might be the American Association, but in those top four indie leagues, 
that's where you get a lot of exposure. But if you're not getting interest from any of those four leagues coming out of college or playing in the Pecos League, then your options are kind of limited if you want to pursue baseball as a full-time career. So if you go overseas, do well, then you can build your resume to come back. I mean, I feel like I could, I mean, I could go back and play in the Frontier League or the Atlantic League or American Association now. I feel like I could, I could do that because I've built up the resume from playing overseas and I'd go back there and I'd still count as a rookie, even though I've, I'd be considered more of like a veteran since I've been playing overseas for five years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, overseas, like, there are pro leagues that you can, you can work your way up into. Now, you know, a lot of guys will often inquire and say, oh, I want to play in Italy or the ABL. And they have no pro experience or they'll have um, some pro experience. Or maybe they, maybe even they played, let's say they played at the rookie level and were released. Um, what can we say to those guys? Like, what are their chances of signing in Italy or the Netherlands? I already know the answer, but you know, um, yeah. we can kind of well, rattle up back and forth about that topic because it does come up quite a bit. I mean, those professional leagues like Italy and the Netherlands or the ABL, I mean, they don't just look for pro guys. They look for high-end pro guys that have played double-A ball or higher. Yeah, and why, and why is that when their level isn't at that level? Why would they... Why would that be a prerequisite when they're not playing at that level? Well, since, yeah, I mean, since those leagues are a little bit more competitive than the others, they always want to bring over a guy who's going to dominate. Exactly. And they want to bring over a guy who's higher than their level so that they can come over and dominate the league. Yeah. If you're, uh, even if you played single-A ball or played independent ball, you might go over to the ABL and be average, but that's not what they want. They want someone who's going to come over and going to dominate. Yeah. So until you go prove yourself in one of those lower-level leagues where they can see you play and know who you're playing against, then they might give you that opportunity if you go prove yourself first. Yeah. But it, it's pretty rare that they're going to give that opportunity to someone who doesn't have that double-A, triple-A experience. I mean, even though it sucks, but it's just the way it is. Yeah, it, it is. And there's only one There's only one uh, hack for that, and that's an EU passport. So if you, uh, yeah. if you have uh, like a, a grandparent or even a great grandparent whose uh, birth certificate or death certificate you can get a, ha- a handle on, then you have a potential to qualify for an EU passport. And then, but you still have to be able to play. <laughs> like you still need to. They're not going to just give you a roster spot over one of the kids that they've been, you know, um, developing from the ground up. Uh, unless you you know you can come in over there and be an above average player minimally with an EU passport. Sure. So but if you have an EU passport, you'll get a lot more leeway. For sure, and not so just they don't count as an import. Yeah, because I mean, teams are really limited with how many imports they can bring over. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's three. Yeah, but if you have an EU passport in a lot of those European leagues, then you won't count as an import. Therefore. It's yeah. just another free player. Yeah, exactly. So, no, that's good. I'm glad you, you said exactly, you answered that question exactly how I would. And as far as just one little thing I'd like to add is if you want to make it into pro ball back in the States, then the best way is, is you know, through the ABL. So, um, you know, working your way into the ABL. So to sign directly, like you said, you know, unless you're, you're a big name, out, you know, double A or, or higher, um, it's going to be a challenge. So you're going to have to work your way through the state league, which means you probably will have to 
get a side job while you're there unless you have a bankroll to support it uh put up some big numbers and then but guys will often get called up within a couple weeks even or get that opportunity if they come over and they're at the level that they're looking for but once again there has to be a roster spot available yeah, um, you know, I, I mean, it depends on the team. It depends on the situation. Like, because when I went to Melbourne, I made sure with Newport before I went there that I'd be available to play ABL if the ABL team wanted me. Yeah. But unfortunately, when I was playing in Melbourne, uh, ahead of me in the ABL, they had three major league pitchers, like Jeremy Guthrie included, who just won the World Series in 2014. Yeah. And even though I won MVP of that league, I didn't get a chance, which was a little frustrating, but, you know, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. It is what it is. It's matter, you know, and that's that's just it. Nothing's a guarantee, so we just keep grinding away, but meanwhile seeing the world. <laughs> so, yeah, so good, man. I appreciate your time. Um, you know, we should keep the this interview to a certain certain length so people uh, will, will continue to – you know, tune in and, and not tune out. So, um, uh, is there any, uh, you know, anything you feel like we didn't cover that might be something you want to include in this interview about playing overseas or, or why overseas is a good and viable option for whether you're somebody that's just looking to extend their career a bit before they hit the nine to five or for somebody that still has, you know, that MLB dream or, or that professional goal. Uh, I guess I would just give a tip to some of the members out there just to keep an open mind, stay patient, and, like, whatever offers you get, make sure, I mean, just be a good person about it. Like, if you think you're above that, I mean, at least give them the courtesy to email back to a guy and let him know that, you know, maybe this isn't a situation for me or I'm talking to other teams. But don't think, I don't know, like, playing below your level isn't necessarily – a bad thing. I mean, it can lead to better opportunities and you get to travel and you get to just enjoy life playing baseball. And that's an opportunity that most people don't get to get to have in their life. Yeah, exactly. Well put. And we're always here to, to guide them. Um, when they do receive offers, we're always available to help them sort it out, help them figure out if that is a good fit. Cause in the end we don't want, the club doesn't want, and our member doesn't want, to end up in a situation that that you know neither party is happy, so so we're here to support with those decisions because um, um, everybody has different expectations, different goals, um, but they generally fit into those two categories. Either they're, hey, I want to play at a high high competitive level, I want to make it you know into pro ball, or I'm looking to travel the world. But in the end, they all want to play as high a competitive level as possible, and I get that. Um, but, um, you know, this is part of playing overseas, and, and it's a whole experience. It's more than just playing baseball. So um, good summary. Thanks, buddy. Let's uh, keep that mustache growing, and let's stay in touch. Uh, obviously, we stay in touch a lot, but let's get another podcast interview, uh, follow up down the road. We'll dive into some more topics. It sounds good. Awesome, buddy. Talk to you right. probably in about Talk. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Later. Later. I don't know how you did it, but you made it this far. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, and if you made it this far, then I don't know. Maybe you are a fan of the podcast, one of those three or four that we got out there. So come give us a follow at our Instagram account, Baseball Jobs Overseas, and as well our Facebook page, Baseball Jobs Overseas again. And uh, if you have any specific requests of 
a topic that you would like to hear Jimmy and I discuss based on overseas baseball and everything it has to offer both players and coaches. So give us a shout. You can email me at dburns at baseballjobsoverseas.com. And if you or anyone you know is interested in learning more about playing overseas, uh, head to our website, fill out the feedback form, submit your statistics, your background, the positions you play, video, and we'll get in contact either myself or Jimmy, and we'll let you know what we think your chances are and where, and answer any questions that you have. So thanks again for listening, and until next time, may the baseball gods be with you.